Hi there. Welcome to another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead. This time around, Ron, we're going to talk about another area that has been around for a long time. I can remember my sister and brother-in-law who have long been retired. Uh, they were big believers in mutual funds. My sister worked in healthcare. And there was a healthcare mutual fund that they thought that was called MD Growth. I can still remember that. And they put their money in. They did very handsomely by investing in that. So a lot of people are aware of mutual funds. Has the, has the gleam come off mutual funds a little bit in the last little while? Yes, definitely in the war for investment dollars, inflows into ETFs have been very, very strong. And there are some mutual funds which are still growing, but a lot of that sector is seeing outflows of capital as it searches for places to go where it can get good rates of return. And of course, as we talked about in the last show, the, the battle is being fought over fees. All right. Well, we'll talk maybe about that. We want to do some positives and negatives. And, and if, we could, if we can say that the fees are maybe a negative, we'll get to that in a few moments. But let's talk about the positives of maybe being in a mutual fund. If you're a small investor, maybe a neophyte investor, is that maybe some place you want to start? Mutual funds are a very good place to start if you're at the beginning of your investment career for the simple reason that I remember when I was at the beginning of my investment career, I didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. The amount you can scrape up every month to invest is not in the hundreds and thousands of dollars. It's usually a lot less than that. And there's many funds that you can, what they call uh, dollar cost averaging, where you can invest a little bit amount, a little bit every month through a PAC plan or pre-authorized checking plan. You can take as little as $50 a month and invest it. And for many investors, $50 a month, they could scrape that up. And that's a, that's a place to start. And as you begin to accrue value in that fund, then, then, then maybe you can go a little further off and venture into some other areas. The other thing about, about mutual funds is there's a lot of diversity within them, correct? Oh, exactly. So you start with a fund and uh, you get two advantages right out of the gate. Typically, if you're young, you know absolutely nothing about investing and you actually have professional management looking after the stock selection or, or investment selection for you. And you also get diversification. You know, a typical fund will have hundreds of securities in it. Some are more concentrated, but even the concentrated ones usually have 50 or more securities in them. And you can't get that kind of diversification with 50 or $100 a month. It'll take you forever to get diversified. Whereas because you're part of a bigger pool, you're, you know, you put $50 into a fund that's a billion dollar fund. Well, you get that $50 spread across all those investments in that billion dollar pool. And I can remember uh, years ago having mutual funds holding them in, in, in our account and and I would get the, the annual report and you would see there would be the different individuals that manage this particular fund and this individual manages that particular fund. That's their area of expertise is within that basket that they're that they're managing, correct? Yes. Yeah, so you can buy a global fund, you can buy a fund that focuses on a sector, you can buy a fund that focuses on a style like a value fund or a fund that buys high flying growth companies or I mean frankly you can buy funds right now that focus on marijuana stocks. So there are over seven thousand funds. So there's 
almost as many funds as there are individual securities in North America, individual stocks anyways. Does this give you an opportunity to get into some of these? We've talked about emerging markets in relationships to ETFs. Did the same thing happen with uh, with mutual funds? Can you get into some of these areas that, you know, maybe not what is on everybody's radar? Yeah. I mean, for example, let's say you've got an investment thesis where you think that the uh, Russian stock market's going to do very well. Well, good luck trying to buy Russian stocks. They, they tend to be very hard to purchase because there's barriers and controls in that country. Whereas if you buy a fund, many of these funds have been vetted and they're allowed to go in and buy securities in that individual country. So places like Russian stock, Japanese small cap stocks, Abu Dhabi market, there's a lot of places that frankly, you're, if you want exposure, just about the only way you're going to get it is through a fund. It's a big, wide, wonderful world out there. There's a lot of scary things too. But when you talk about, I would not have thought that, for instance, Abu Dhabi would have its own stock exchange. But given its background as an oil yeah. enterprise of, of very big significance, obviously there's a lot of money at work there, right? Yeah. So they have individual companies that do construction. There's a lot of construction stocks, especially in the Arab world, and uh, many of those are concentrated on the market. And so when oil is up and uh, you're getting revenue that these countries are, are, are pulling off the, from their royalties, there's a lot of money going into construction. Well, how do you play that? Well, one of the best plays is just buy the index. So, Ron, as we continue to focus on the positives of mutual funds as opposed to other investment strategies, can, can they outperform, for instance, ETFs in some regards? You know, there are some manager, managers that, that have over the long term outperformed the market as a whole, but that's fairly few and far between. I mean, Warren Buffett comes to mind or Ray Dalio, and there's a, there's a number of others, so it is possible. But there are sectors of the market where fund managers have a much higher success ratio of beating the market than others. And especially these are in areas where there's things to choose from, the universe of the stocks that you're looking at. There's a lot of bad apples in there. And if you buy the index, you get a lot of those bad apples. Whereas like in emerging markets, you're far better off just individually choosing investments. And so there's ETFs that typically will buy a country like Brazil. Well, you don't want to own everything in Brazil. You want to own specific things in Brazil because there's companies that are very well run there. And if you have a mutual fund, well, the manager can go in and maybe pick one or two or three choices rather than a basket of 100 things, which most aren't going to work out. All right. So now we've talked about the positives of mutual funds, and, and I guess we have to look at the negatives, the disadvantages to them. And I think we started right out of the chute with one, and we mentioned the fact that, that fees are a big concern here, and that it's something that you should pay attention to. We've all, if you watch BNN or some of the financial news networks, you see the ads all the time for discounters talking about the fact, the very well-advertised research fact, that frankly, if you pay high fees, it's going to cut into your returns and it could cut into them by as much as 30% over your investment lifetime from the time you start to the time that you retire. Now, that doesn't happen overnight, but if you pay higher fees in the 2% plus range, you know, over 20 or 30 years, it's certainly going to erode your returns. And so 30% is not an unrealistic number that it could reduce your returns by just because you're paying higher costs. So if you're paying 2 or 2.5% 2 a year for management fees and if 
the fund's returning 5.5%, you're thinking, oh, I'm making 5.5%. No, you're really only making 3% or 3.5%, right? Yeah, and if you're buying funds, that's one of the things you need to understand is you need to understand if you're being quoted gross or net returns. Net returns are after fees. And so, you know, if a fund is in a location like Vietnam, for example, the cost of doing business there is going to be much higher than, for example, buying S&P 500 stocks in North America where you don't have currencies and distance and government regulation and all these things that add up. But, you know, uh, typically you've got to look at your return based on your costs and look at your net return. If the costs are 2% and you're making 10, well, the math works in your favor. If you're buying GICs and you're getting 2% without fees and you've got a big chunk of your portfolio in um, mutual funds that buy fixed income and you're making 1.5% there and the fees are 2 well, the math doesn't work there. So you've really got to look at your your cost-benefit analysis to make sure that what you're paying is is putting or adding significant wealth to your wallet. And because you are in a pool with other people, there's all this money in there, if, if somebody decides to panic and sell, uh, you have to take the loss with them, right? That's, that's the downside here as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the downside of collectivism uh, in communism is everybody takes a hit together. That's the way the theory works. So with mutual funds, I mean, if you're part of a pool and a lot of investors want to get out because they're afraid of the markets, well, they sell and the mutual fund manager has to come up with the redemption obligation at the end of the day. So sometimes it's forcing him to sell things he doesn't want to sell when he doesn't want to sell them. And same as when it comes on the buy side. You get a, the funds done well, you get a huge tidal wave of funds going in from enthusiastic investors, and the guy's scratching his head because he made prudent investments at the bottom of the market. Things have gone up. He's appeared on BNN and uh, maybe Bloomberg, and uh, everybody is... He's the fair-haired boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's the fair-haired boy all of a sudden. The great returns, and so all of a sudden money starts flooding in, and frankly, he's got nowhere to put it because his criteria is he can't find things to buy because they're overexpensive or too expensive. So, you know, this is really, funds are really a two-edged sword where you ask the typical fund manager what his biggest concerns are. He said... Usually, or he or she says, it's getting too much money at the top of the market and having to sell things at the bottom of the market and not having enough money to invest. So as you pointed out, too, over history or over the long term, most of these managers have not been able to outperform the market. Is that, is that really sort of a, a landmark almost? Absolutely, especially in the big markets that are deep where there's a lot of analysis. I mean, you look at the S&P 500, uh, most stocks have a dozen analysts covering them. So it's hard to beat the market because virtually all the news about them is already built into the price. Whereas in many emerging markets, that's not necessarily the case or with preferreds because there's just not the coverage. So ETFs are especially good for the big liquid markets like, like the United States, the S&P 500 is just a classic example where you're probably not going to beat that index. So rather than pay high fees, just buy the index as that portion of your portfolio you're allocating to U.S. blue chip stocks and call it a day. 
So in, in review here, we've gone over some territory in the last few episodes of Making Money, the podcast. We've talked about why you like to buy individual stocks. And there are always cautionary notes around all of these. We've talked about exchange-traded funds and how they can have huge advantages. They have some disadvantages. We've talked about mutual funds, some advantages, some disadvantages. So I, I guess really, I don't think this is news to anybody. Investing is a tricky game. You have to pay attention. You have to do your homework. Absolutely. And each one of them has advantages. There's the types of investments that you can get into. So typically, if you have a balanced portfolio that's widely diversified like I do, frankly, I own ETFs. Uh, the bulk of my portfolio is individual stocks and bonds, but I also have mutual funds, and that's just able to round it off so that I'm able to get into areas and do things and execute strategies that, frankly, are just better with mutual funds and ETFs. So there's a purpose for everything in your portfolio. As we've said, Ron is the financial coach. He was a, a portfolio manager for how many years was it altogether? 35. 35 years. So, it, and, and a lot of this is learned through the school of hard knocks. I mean, when we first met, and you've alluded to this in the past, when you started your career, you had so much to learn. You weren't making a lot of money, but you turned that around through knowledge and through experience. It's amazing what you learn when you go through a big, ugly bear market at the beginning of your career. And of course, for me, when I started in the early 80s, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was at 1,000 points in 1964. And it just broke above that again in sort of the 82-83 period. So it had gone through a period of 18 years where basically it, it was stagnant. Gone, it went nowhere. Yeah. And, of course, interest rates were 17 or 18 percent. So you learned a lot of lessons very early in your career because it was a very adversarial time economically, politically, and uh, markets weren't cooperating that well. So there's a lot of influences on the markets, but again, as we say, it pays to do your homework, do a little bit of research, find a good financial letter that you can follow, talk to an experienced investment personnel if, if you think you want to make a decision and start something up. There are a lot of different ways to do it. We intend to cover those in upcoming shows here on Making Money. If you have a question about something we have covered or something you'd like to see us cover, drop us a suggestion through the link, Making Money. At cfcw.com, you'll see the link there, and you can send us an email, and we'll try to address your concerns. Ron, always a pleasure working with you. We'll have another episode coming up soon. Can't wait. All right, Ron Hebert, the financial coach. I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us on Making Money. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.